my pleasure to be here with you. Uh, thank you, first of all, for the legacy, the heritage, and the impact of the Nazarene Bible College. Uh, thank you for uh, dedicated service to the Church of the Nazarene and the Kingdom of God. I don't know how often you get those thank yous, but um, I do thank you. I have people on my staff um, that have described their experience with the Nazarene Bible College. Uh, I've been on board of ministries for 35 years in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Northwestern Illinois. And so um, we've talked a lot uh, on the ground about Nazarene Bible College. Um, I, I love uh, Pastor Irene Lewis Wembley is a, a, a Black Mexican heritage uh, that's on our staff in Pekin, which that's a miracle in and of itself. And uh, but the Nazarene Bible College had such a powerful impact on her life. And I remember one year, a few years ago, when I, I noticed that on our board of ministry, we needed to have some Nazarene Bible College graduates on our board of ministry because we had students that were involved in the course of study through that. So I'm very aware of the Nazarene Bible College, and thank you a lot. Uh, I have a lot of uh, appreciation uh, and love for Dr. Scott Sherwood. Uh, he is just a, a tremendous friend uh, to me. I uh, hated to see him go, but all of us on our district recognize his vision and leadership, and we believe uh, in him and are grateful for the Lord's desire to use him in God's kingdom through Nazarene Bible College. So um, I'm blessed to call you my friend and my colleague, and I thank you for this invitation today. Uh, maybe like many of you, uh, I've been walking with God uh, for most of my life, uh, for over 50 years of 60. I just turned 60. I have seen and felt God's guiding and direction in my life so profoundly. Um, there's never been any doubt that Jesus is Lord. Uh, he is the one that uh, has the keys to the doors. And he opens and closes doors in our life. I, I'm still amazed at his intricate orchestration of his will. Um, he's like the masterful conductor of all the parts and the notes and the people that make up his will. Um, I've been on this journey of late uh, from a pastor for three and a half decades to becoming a DS. I never desired to be a DS. I never hoped to be a DS. Honestly, I resisted it. Turned it down multiple times. Um, but here's what I'm interested in talking about today is how God changes stubbornness and doubt into willingness and joy. Do you relate to that today? Huh. Stubbornness and doubt into willingness and joy. And I definitely relate to that. Um, through this uh, kind of growth and decision process, um, many places in God's word have been so instructive, comforting, and really challenging to me. And um, I like to share uh, one of them that has been so significant. So I'm going to share my screen here and show you this verse. Uh, let's see, is that it? No, that's your permission. See if I can get this verse. Uh, there it is. All right. It's uh, 1 Chronicles 28, 20. And uh, this particular translation 
is from the Living Bible. Uh, it says virtually the same in most of them, a couple of little language things that are really good. So here's the verse. Be strong and courageous and get to work. Don't be frightened by the size of the task, for the Lord God is with you. He will not fail or forsake you. He will see to it that everything is finished correctly. Wow, I love that verse. That really in, encourages me. I hope you'll write that down. Uh, 28, uh, 28, 20 there. Let me get back to my other note here. Yeah, okay. So um, let me tell you the background just, uh, just quickly and what's going on in this verse. Um, I went back and reread all 28 chapters uh, to get it. So what's happening here is that David has been preparing for the temple to be built. And he has gathered the priests and the Levites and all the people and gathered the money. And now he's got the plan together and he realizes that he's not the one to carry out the plan. So he is ready to appoint Solomon before the people to get the work of the temple built. So to move the kingdom forward now, he, so what you have here is David is echoing God's exhortation. You remember to Joshua. So what Moses said to Joshua in Joshua 1, 5 to 7, it sounds just like this verse right here about being strong and courageous. So it's, an, it's appropriate because Moses was a great leader who would only lead the people to a certain point, and the rest was up to Joshua to take them into the promised land. So you have that same pattern here where David is now laying out the successor Solomon who's going to build the temple. Uh, someone said, in describing David's plans for building the temple, Chronicles paid special attention to portray David as a second Moses and Solomon as a second Joshua. That was, that was really interesting to me. Um, so then he says here, get to work. So it's easy to see how important this whole experience is for David. He had spent an enormous amount of time and effort to prepare the temple to be built. But all of David's work is going to be useless unless Solomon did, in fact, do the work to get it accomplished. Spurgeon, when he was preaching about this, he said, don't talk about it. Don't sit down. Don't dream over the plans and think how admirable they are and then roll them up. Instead, be strong and courageous and get it done. Man, I really love that. That was a good sermon. There's so much here to impact us. You know, a change is coming in the kingdom work. So how, how is this change going to flesh itself out? People are nervous. What is this going to be like? Solomon is doubtful. He needs encouragement not to be stubborn or doubtful, but to trust God's will and direction for his life, to embrace his role. He says, David says, do not be afraid of the size of the task. I never wanted to be a DS. I believed then and now that the highest calling in the church was to be a pastor because the pastor is on the ground in the local church knowing that God is holding us responsible for the souls of men and women, boys and girls. James warns us about even wanting to be a teacher. So in any other role, um, DS included, it's, it's really, I've been told, 
Thank you. And congratulations on your promotion and all these different things. But in my opinion, uh, the pastor and the local church, the DS and the district, we work for them rather than thinking about them working for us. Um, the DS and the district serves as a, a local, to the local church in relationship and in, in training and in support and morale and motivation and mission, those kind of things. So sometimes God has to soften your heart. He might have had to soften your heart to get you where you are, uh, how he might have moved you or directed your life. He breaks down stubbornness and he helps us to believe in him rather than to doubt. Uh, once again, as you hear this verse, think about your context. Think about your journey. Think about your own self-doubt. Think about the open doors that God has placed in your life. So God says, Lloyd, Scott, or Aaron, Michelle, Terry, Tim, Jen, Sandra, Susan, whoever, be strong and courageous and get to work. Don't be afraid by the size of the task, for the Lord God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that everything is finished correctly. Boy, that ought to encourage you wherever you are this morning. Be encouraged. Now, you're not building a temple, but you are building God's kingdom through the role that you serve. I, I love inspiration. I love challenge, but I really love practice, uh, the practice of what would, what would be expressed here. So here's some practice that I gained from this verse. Number one, when I'm responding to God's call, I need to find fulf fulfillment in the present calling. I need to find joy in the calling that he's given to me. Um, you know, many times I think people get into the place that God has called them, and then we spend time sort of grieving what we lost. And that's a natural experience. But I had to I'll give you an example. I had this DS one time, and I love him. I loved him, worked with him side by side on the DAB. Um, but in, this, in his office, he had this huge photo of a picture of an empty, beautiful sanctuary taken from the balcony of the, of the church, looking down on the platform and the altars and the empty pews. And every day he looked at that and I could see that he missed that so much. It was like an, just antagonizing him sitting right there. Uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't wanna do that. Um, you know, this is God's calling. God is saying, I need you in this place. You are going to make a huge kingdom impact. So he's saying, embrace it. See the fulfillment. You know, you have fulfillment in your job if God called you to be there. You just need to make sure that you're able to see it. I'm, he says, I'm placing you right where you need to be. Be strong and courageous. I will be with you. Um, the, I've been going to a different church every Sunday. Um, totally different than what I've been doing for 35 years. And so um, I go different places. Well, my friend Scott told me before he left, he said, I left a few messes for you uh, as the DS. And so he left a few things. And so I'm, um, I decided I to ask him what's the worst one. So I decided I would go to the worst one the very first Sunday I went out. So I go there, there's this new pastor, he's disappointed. Um, you know, people had said, well, they hate the district and, you know, they, they just can't get along and all this stuff. And so um, I decided I would go there on the very first Sunday. Well, I was seeking fulfillment. I wasn't looking for trouble. 
<laughs> for sure. So I went there and I took a, I took, actually took um, Scott's father with me who plays piano. And uh, he, he and I, we did some worship together. Uh, we learned, you know, I learned everybody's name that was there. It was about 40 people attending. Um, man, we had, we had an incredible day there. And I walked away and I told the pastor, I said, you know, if I can have a day like this, Every Sunday on our district, man, the, the district would just be completely uh, fulfilled with optimism and hope. Um, and I thought that was so exciting. But I think the difference was I wasn't looking for trouble. I wasn't looking for to be lazy. I was, I was looking for fulfillment and encouragement in the kingdom of God. And that's what happened. Number two, I was thinking from this for I love the phrase, get to work. Don't you like that? That the Bible is telling you, don't be lazy. Don't be half-hearted. Don't be unhappy. I mean, get with it. Come on, get to work. Uh, God has given us big vision. Uh, I, I feel like God has given me vision. I have a big task, but I'm not afraid. You know, some people around me, they will say, oh, well, he's just a little naive. You know, he just thinks he can do anything. Uh, he'll get over it. Well, I never did in 35 years as a pastor. Uh, I be, just like I'm being this morning, Scott will tell you, this is me all the time, every time. Um, uh, I'm not going to get over it. I never did as a pastor, and I'm not going to be. But, you know, one of the things I was thinking is that we are partners together, even you and I, as a pastor and as a district superintendent. You know, the way I see it is that our training of ministers, not only young ministers, but all those that are being called or that are serving now, but we provide three things. One, academics, uh, two, spiritual formation, and three, ministry formation, which I say is like practical ministry skills. So I have one of your students that I'm an elder advisor for. And so he comes to me and we meet together every month. And so he came to me one day and we had been meeting together and he's frustrated and he's volunteering as a worship leader in a small church. And so he comes to me and he says, pastor, he says, I'm writing this paper on the eschatology of Daniel. It's killing me. And he's struggling with his classes. And he says, when do I get to take a class on how to, how to grow a church? And so I explained to him that the Bible college, um, you know, they have, you have a role. You're helping them get foundation and clarity and biblical perspective and understanding of history and theology and all the different things that we teach in our classes there. And we also try to build spiritual formation into their life through the district and through their local church, as well as through, but um, practice even if you try to teach practice, you know, I told him, you can't learn practice just in a classroom. You got to be with somebody like me or somebody that's growing a church and help them to do that. Uh, so we are partners together. And so, you know what I did? I gave him homework, gave him a little assignment. And I told him, come back next month. This is what I want you to do. And I gave him a very specific thing that I wanted him to try to accomplish. And I won't go into the whole story. It'll take too long. But he came back a month later and he's walking to my office and he's crying already. And I said, what happened? And so he, he began to describe what happened there. And when I said that, I said, see, the combination of all those things together, Bible college learning and spiritual formation and practice that you can learn in the local church, that's how you build a church right there. 
And so uh, th that was such a great moment for, for me to help him see that. And as a DS, that's my desire is to partner with you and Olivette and other people in our district and local pastors and all of us come together to figure out how do we build the kingdom of God. So the last thing I was thinking about this verse was to make sure that I'm protecting my heart, that I protect my heart uh, because God has called me, God has called you. And now he's, he promises that you can have this vision for an incredible task, but you can trust him. He will be with you. See, for me, you know, it's easy to listen to other people. Scott described it for you. He said that because many people have told me, well, you can't pastor a, a church of a thousand and be the shepherd. And, you know, or you got to pick up some other task. And I told him whenever I, whenever I get to my limit, I'll, I'll let them know, you know, but until then, <laughs> I'm going to do it my way. So my title here is DS. And most people think that means district superintendent, but people have been instead calling me DS district shepherd. And I love that uh, because I think we can, I think we can do that together because I feel like that's my calling and I don't have to give that up. One of the people that called me when I got elected DS was Nina Gunter. And Nina and I are friends. Nina used to pick me up and take me to church because she and Moody were the pastor of the church that I grew up in. Um, so when, when she's speaking to me, she says, you know, Moody was the best DS there ever was. You know, and my initial response was she's saying that because obviously she's his wife. And I said, Nina, why would you say that? Why would that be the very first thing that you tell me? And it was like nobody ever asked her that question before. Because I said, like, what was the secret that, it, that he had? And she thought for a moment. And then we had such a spiritual spirit moment where she said, well, it's the right balance of love and care and challenge together. The right balance of challenging and the balance of love and care. Genuine pastoral care for ministers and families balanced with the right amount of love and challenge. Uh, you know, because you can't just be nice to people. You got to challenge them and move them forward and help them, but you can do the, both of those at the same time. And I just want to say, woohoo, that, that is it, man. That is the secret. And that is just what the Lord wants for us. But I already realized that the devil does not like that. He does not like that. The devil is very nervous about me being the DS. And I'm talking about myself because I'm trying to get you to think about yourself, right? You get, you get what I'm up to today. So I am full of optimism. And optimism is incredibly contagious. It creates hope and encouragement. And so everywhere I go, I get these pastors and churches and the devil is thinking, man, he's getting all these people all stirred up. I got to calm him down. But the Bible says he will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Uh, the result is not up to me and you. All God asks us to do is to be who he called us to be, be who he trained us to be. And so I'm protecting my heart so I don't get off course. Uh, the verse that I read for you from the message, I kind of like the message translation occasionally. I hope you just kind of reading it devotionally. Listen to this. David continued to address Solomon. Take charge. Take heart. Don't be anxious or get discouraged. God 
will be with you in this. He won't walk off and leave you in the lurch. He's at your side until every last detail is completed. You have all the priests and Levites standing ready to pitch in. The skillful craftsmen and artisans and every kind of person ready to help go to work, both leaders and people are ready, just say the word. What that tells us is that we are not alone in this huge task that God has given to us. There are other people that God has been preparing along the way, students, uh, professors, people all around us that are part of the task that will help us. Um, so what we're after, what I think God is after is maximum kingdom impact, maximum kingdom impact. So it's not Lloyd's best effort. That won't be enough. I will give my all and I'll be okay. But what I need to do is to be in tune with God let him take my gifts and talents, my heart, my mind, and give all that in surrender to Jesus. Let him open doors. We step through those doors. We lay down our stubbornness, our sarcasm, our self-doubt, and God gets from us maximum kingdom impact. My friends, that will change the world. That will change the world. And that will transform Northwestern Illinois, and Nazarene Bible College and allow us to be all that God dreams for us to be. So be strong and courageous. Get to work. Don't be frightened by the size of the task for the Lord God is with us. He will not fail. He will not forsake you. He will see to it that everything is finished correctly. So just a couple of things to give you. If you're looking for something to inspire you, um, Listen to a couple of songs maybe today or if you have a chance. The first song, there, go to YouTube and listen to these two songs from Elevation Worship. Uh, the first one is called Available, and the second one uh, is called Talking to Jesus. Uh, just, a, just a little bit. Available says, narrow as the road may seem, I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be, I'll give you every piece. I hear you call, Lord, I'm available. I say, yes, Lord, I'm available. Here I am with open hands, counting on your grace again. Less of me, more of you. I just want to see more of you, Lord. I hear you call. I am available. Uh, those, those are two really good songs that will inspire and encourage your heart today. So uh, thanks for the time, and uh, God bless you.